0: Hello, thanks for joining us. This is the second week of Advent, and today we will be looking at peace. I think it's safe to say many of us have struggled to have peace in 2020, and maybe even as we face the new year. But in this Advent season, I think God wants to remind us that we can have peace, even as we face an uncertain future. So what is peace in the life of a follower of Jesus, and how do we get it? It's part of the fruit of the Spirit Paul details in Galatians. And Jesus promised, in the world we would have tribulation, but in him we would have peace. How can this be? We're going to look at the story of a young woman who also faced an uncertain future and how God gave her peace through surrendering to his plan. We're looking at Luke chapter 1, the beginning of the Christmas story. The story begins with, Zechariah, he was a priest with a wife, Elizabeth. And Luke tells us they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statues of the Lord. But they had no children and were well past the childbearing years. One day, while Zechariah is serving in his priestly duties in the temple, an angel appears to him. It says Zechariah was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel tells him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. The angel goes on to say that John will be great, that he will go before the Lord and turn many people of Israel back to God. Then Zechariah asks the angel, how shall I know this? For I'm an old man and my wife is advanced in years. The angel answers Zechariah saying he was sent by God to bring this good news and that because Zechariah did not believe his words, Zechariah would not be able to speak until the word was fulfilled. The story then shifts to young Mary, a woman engaged to a man named Joseph who was a descendant of David. The angel Gabriel appears before Mary and says, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. Mary is confused and a little alarmed by this greeting, but the angel says, just as he said to Zachariah, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary asks the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel tells her the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Zachariah and Mary share similar experiences in this story. They both encounter the angel Gabriel and both are given a promise from God. Both are seemingly impossible conceptions, one woman being a virgin, and one being far past childbearing age, and both ask Gabriel a question. At first glance, it seems as though though they both ask an innocent enough question, but Zechariah is rebuked and made mute, while Mary is not. A closer look at the text reveals a difference in their response to God's promise. Zechariah asks, how, will, how shall I know this? In the New American Standard Bible, the text is actually translated, how will I know this for certain? Zechariah is asking for more than an angelic appearance to be sure his wife will conceive in her old age. He wants a sign. God does give him a sign. Unfortunately for Zechariah, that sign is also a rebuke. He becomes mute and will be so until their baby is born. We know his question was one of disbelief because the angel Gabriel says to Zechariah, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. Mary's question, however, is how will this be? The Greek word how that is used here in Mary's question could actually be translated by what means or in what way. Mary is not asking in disbelief, how will this be? She is asking, what means will this happen since i am a virgin mary believes gabriel's word that she will conceive she is curious and maybe even awestruck at how this wonderful promise that she will bear the son of the most high will come to pass her belief is confirmed by elizabeth who later says about mary and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the lord Gabriel also gives Mary a sign, even though she didn't ask for it like Zechariah. He says, Behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who is called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Mary believed God's word, and her faith leads her to respond this way in verse 38 of Luke 1. It says, And Mary said, Behold, i am the servant of the lord let it be to me according to your word this news mary just received was life altering it had the potential to ruin her marriage as surely a pregnancy would spark some questions from her fiance and her reputation as people in her community might start doing the math and figure out something was not right here in fact in their culture during this time period their engagement would have been considered as binding as marriage And the penalty for adultery was death she had so much at stake her whole future her very life but resisting her initial fear she believes god's word and surrenders completely to it she does not ask god to change his mind or perhaps wait until after she's married she simply says let it be to me according to your word mary could see that there was a greater work happening here God was doing something beyond the plan she had for her life. Based on her knowledge of the Old Testament that we see later in her song of praise she shares with Elizabeth, Mary most likely knew that this conception was fulfillment of the prophecy of the Messiah. Mary considered herself blessed for how God was using her and praises God saying, for behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed For he who is mighty has done great things for me." Full of faith, she is completely surrendered to God's glorious plan. And that, I suggest, is the pathway to peace. The pathway to peace is surrender. What does a soul surrender to God look like? Two things I want to point out here in Mary, humility and obedience. Mary says to the angel, I am the servant of the Lord. Mary knows her right standing before God. That is true godly humility to recognize that we are weak, limited, sinful beings before a great, infinite, holy God. He is our creator, our master, and we are his servants. As God says in Isaiah 55, 8-9, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts." It's like we have a camera with a macro lens zoomed way in to a ladybug on a leaf in the midst of a massive forest. Our perspective is only a tiny fraction of reality. God, on the other hand, is outside of space and time. His view is so much grander than ours and his wisdom is incomprehensible to us. He orchestrates all things for his kingdom purposes. And if we knew, if we could see what God sees, we wouldn't want anything else but his plan. The second thing we see is Mary's obedience. She says, let it be to me according to your word. She affirms God's promise and says, yes, let it be. It reminds me of Jesus' words as he faced the cross, not my will, but yours be done. This is surrender. It takes faith to believe God is who he says he is and that his word will come to pass. It takes humility to recognize that our view, our wisdom is limited, but God is Lord over all. And it takes obedience to choose to step forward into God's plan. A friend of mine went to a women's conference a few years ago, and the theme of the conference was about how God molds and shapes us. On the last day all the attendees were given a small play-doh container and a permanent marker the speaker told them to write one word on the lid of the play-doh container something they felt god was speaking to them about during the conference my friend wrote the word trust but she admits it made her nervous so she wrote a few other words on the lid as well after the conference ended she put the container in her bag and went home when she took the container out later that day all the words she had written on the lid had been rubbed away despite being written in permanent ink, all the words were erased except the word trust. Before she could welcome God to work on all those other things, she needed to trust him. Ultimately, that is what surrender is, it is trust. We are putting our complete and absolute trust in God alone for every area of our life. But there's a thing about trust, it takes letting go. If you've ever participated in awkward team building exercises, you're probably familiar with trust falls. As the person falls backward, they are putting their trust in the people who will catch them. But you have to let go first. You have to let go of your footing. Resist the reaction to reach out and catch yourself. Trust that you are in good hands and no harm will come to you as you fall to surrender. But when we surrender to God, it is also incredibly freeing because we no longer have to rely on ourselves. He is able, he is sufficient. He is wise beyond comprehension. He is good and loving and we so need his help. We get peace because we know God. But how do we stay in this attitude of surrender in this place of peace on a day-to-day basis? I don't know about you but it can be difficult to keep my mind at peace even though i trust god disbelief can creep its way into our hearts and minds if we are not careful the bible talks about our minds frequently when it talks about peace isaiah 26 3 says you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you and romans 8 6 says for to set the mind on the flesh is death but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. A mind stayed on God, set on God, is, is at peace. When our mind is not set on God, but instead set on the flesh, on earthly things, on ourselves, we lose our peace. Thankfully, God gave us tools. We have the very word of God, the Bible. When we meditate on the word, we are reminded of who God is and who we are. It helps to humble us to show us how great God is and how needy we are. It shows us God's big story of redemption and how he used people like us, flawed and fickle as we are, to move that story forward. We can see God's faithfulness to fulfill his covenant promise to Abraham and all of Israel. We can see how he used trials of imprisonment and persecution in the life of Paul in the early church to spread his kingdom. We also have the spiritual weapon of prayer. When our mind is beginning to fret, focusing on our circumstances or worrying over the future, we can pray. We can begin to praise God and remind our souls of this peace we have because of who He is and how He is at work in our lives. We can praise Him that He is sovereign over the things of the world, over the circumstances of our lives. We can praise him that he has a plan and that his promises never fail, that he is good and has good for us. We can pray and ask God for help. Help lift our eyes to Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Help us keep our minds stayed on him. We can pray the honest prayer, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And we have the spirit who is faithful to convict, to encourage, to comfort, to draw us back to the Father and back into his perfect peace. The Spirit will help us. As were promised in Philippians 4:7. the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. In this story of Mary and Zechariah, we can see that Mary's faith helped her surrender to God's plan. But God still used Zechariah. His promise to Zechariah did not fail, even though Zechariah failed to believe. The angel Gabriel told Zechariah God's words would be fulfilled in their time. And he told Mary, nothing will be impossible with God. Or as the NIV translates it, no word from God will ever fail. God's kingdom purposes are the bigger story here. God had a plan no failure of man no scheme of the devil could thwart his plan to bring redemption to earth god can use even our failures to bring glory to him and good to us this story is the beginning of the life of jesus but it's also the culmination of the old testament the culmination of god's promise to generations of israelites jesus is the reason god sent gabriel to mary it was jesus who zechariah prophesied about later in our story when he said whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Before we can know that inner peace that comes from surrender, we need to know Jesus as our peace or reconciliation with God. Without Jesus, we were separated from God the Father. In darkness and the shadow of death, because of our sin, our hearts were at war with God. And there was no way for us to get to God, to make peace on our own until God made a way by sending Jesus, his son, to live a perfect life in our place, to die on the cross and rise again to new life, defeating sin and death forever, that we may have life and peace with the Father. We are redeemed and reconciled to God, our creator, because of Jesus. Our souls are at peace with God, because we have been forgiven. We can't talk about peace during Advent and miss this. Like the last verse in the Christmas Carol, Hark the Herald Angels Sing says, Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Hail the Son of Righteousness. Light and life to all he brings. Risen with healing in his wings. Mild he lays his glory by. Born that we no more may die. Born to raise us from the earth. Born to give us second birth. Praise God, that is the good news. For that reason, we can surrender. If God loves us that much, to give his only son to make a way for peace with us, we can trust him with everything else. A friend recently shared this quote from an Advent reading. Although our disbelief in God's promise will not prevent him from keeping his word, it will prevent us from experiencing peace while we wait. I don't wanna miss out on experiencing God's peace in the waiting. I want to enjoy the freedom of that surrender, even as we step forward into an uncertain future. The truth is our future was always uncertain, even before 2020. No matter the situation or circumstance, peace is ours in Christ Jesus. We get peace because we know God. But listen, I know that some of you are really struggling right now. This year has been hard and this Christmas we may not be afforded some of the family gatherings and holiday traditions that bring us so much comfort. Mary too probably didn't expect to celebrate her baby's birth in a cold, dirty stable. But on that dark night was the dawn of the greatest light this world has ever known. Who knows how God might be using our circumstances to advance his kingdom to continue this grand, beautiful story of redemption in the lives of the people around us. Our baby, Joelle, has just started learning to walk, taking those first tentative steps as we watch and cheer her along. But she won't take those steps on her own. It's only when we are in front of her, arms wide open, does she have the confidence to step forward. And that's truly the reality we live with. Our loving Father stands before us, arms wide open. Wherever He leads us, He goes before. We can have confidence to step forward, however uncertain the future may be. Whatever trials we're in, the middle of, or lie ahead, He is with us. His grand, beautiful plan for redemption is being worked out in us and through us for all of creation. What a privilege, what a gift that we have been chosen by the Lord of the universe to be a part of bringing his kingdom on earth today. Let's pray. Father God, we praise you that you are Lord of Lords, King of Kings, creator of the universe and sovereign over all things. We praise you that whatever our circumstance, you are good, you are in control, you are with us. Thank you for sending Jesus to make a way of peace with us. Help us, Lord. Help us to have more faith for your kingdom plan. Give us humility to see your ways are better. And help us be obedient to step forward into what you're calling us into, knowing that your loving arms await us. And to you be all the glory, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. I pray you go in peace.